0: listening to the Firestorm Podcast.
1: Welcome to the another Firestorm podcast today. Uh, I'm sitting here with Loretta McGowan. Welcome, Loretta. Thank
2: you very much. Welcome, Brenda. Yeah. It's our second
1: one today. How exciting yeah, is that? Yeah, that's yep. exciting, that. we like to do two in a day. It's always good. And we're sitting here with sisters today. We have Meredith McGuire. Welcome, Meredith. Thank you. Welcome. And Sarah in Toronto. Welcome. Thank you. So we're excited to have you guys here, uh, really, because you're sisters. I think it's going to bring something unique and different to the podcast today. And so, you know, I'd like to start with you, Sarah, um, because you're the first one that I connected with Um of the sisters that I'm talking about, and we'll get to Meredith that in a little trouble. bit. <laughs> it, it might mean it might in trouble. mean trouble. Yeah. <laughs> now let's see. I know who the oldest is. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna even broadcast who the oldest sister is, but it's somebody sitting straight across from me. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so and welcome, no sitting straight across. From you. <laughs> That's why I think you guys can't see me, so you don't know. However. Um, Sarah, you know, we met a few years back, and mm-hmm. uh, who would think that we would be sitting around at this table today with your sister, Not number me. one? <laughs> <laughs> so we'll share a little bit about that as we go along, but I'd like to hear a little bit about your backstory because our listeners really like to know who, who they're connecting with. Who
2: you are what, are, what are you about?
1: Okay. Social
2: security number. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, well, I'll just talk about, um, my relationship with the Lord. I, I got saved when I was seven, um, in a church that we attended. I answered, um, an altar call and we went to that church for a few years and then we, the, the pastor stepped down. So we, um, didn't attend church for a little while, until years later, uh, when I was about 19, I think. And the son of that pastor started a church, and so we started going to that church, and that is really when I committed my life to the Lord, uh, where I made Him the Lord of my life.
1: Yes, that's awesome. I think we shouldn't ever think that our children are not getting anything that they're not receiving. Because God speaks to children Mm -hmm. um, just like he speaks to adults. And so I always love to hear the stories of seven-year-olds who give their heart to the Lord. My daughter was seven when she received the Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, all God looks at is the hunger in your heart. Right. Because we right. know to Him, age is nothing. Time is nothing. Um, it's just all all about the heart. So, you know, what brought you? I mean, have you always lived in Las Vegas? or? Yeah, I'm a native.
3: My parents uh, moved to Las Vegas in... Well, 60, wow. 62, 61, 62, 61, yeah. 62. Wow. And so I'm a native. We're both natives. And uh, born and raised here. And first time I traveled outside of this city, it was a shocking new experience to go into a grocery store and not see a slot machine. So
1: ah, right. what is that's really interesting. Cause I, I it know is. you have seen the city grow by leaps and bounds yeah. since the sixties and, you know, it's just the same for us coming into a city mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's about the culture, and, and it's different everywhere that we go. And I remember us just coming into Las Vegas, and it was a culture shock for us coming in. Yeah, I'm because sure. Because we're used to a small little town. So, you know, you don't speak to that many natives who have really seen uh, Las Vegas grow. You know, well, it, was pretty, it was
2: probably pretty small when you first moved here. Yeah, well, it seemed like really it small anyway. Yeah, yeah, we were married here... Uh, 42 years uh, yeah 42 years ago and mm-hmm. when we came back again
1: We could not believe the right. growth. It was right. just Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, yeah. 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 I love our city. It's you know it it just it this is a city that grows on you and It just you know the the heart of God is all over this city and so yes, I love is. that I love being able to Uh, see where God is moving in the different churches. And and like, you know, I remember connecting with you the first time. I've shared this with you one-on-one, but um, we were in the beginnings of our very first conference, and you were at a prayer meeting that we went to, yeah. And uh, you didn't say much. Sarah is the quiet one. Okay, this is one thing I have learned. When you hear Meredith, you're going to hear a completely different. <laughs> Meredith is is the vocal one. Um, Sarah, though... She was praying behind me, and I felt—I know an intercessor. I can—I can, I can feel an intercessor's heart, and so that's how I really connected with you. Over, I'm like, who is this woman that is praying behind me? And it was you. And from mm-hmm. that day forward, we've been connected. Yeah, yeah, that's good,
2: Meredith. How about you? What? I—I she covered a lot growing up, so you might want to kind of hit a different trail. Tell us a little bit about you and your backstory.
0: Um, I have a little bit different memories. Of course, we're a few, years, few years difference between us. This is us. the younger
2: sister. <laughs>
0: this yes. is Meredith. Um, I, um, my earliest recollection was uh, with, concerning God, church, any of that was um, basically when I was very small. Um, not even old enough to go to Sunday school. Mm-hmm. And, um, nursery time. Yeah, wow. nursery time, yeah. preschool. Um, I was healed of asthma when I was four, I believe. Um, filled with the Spirit when I was six. And then we, like she said, we skipped all the Sunday school years and um, came back to church Probably at a very tumultuous time. You know, fifteen is usually a, yeah, yeah a so troublesome like time in your you know formative years. Right. And trying to figure out who you are and exactly. what you're doing. And came back. Um, got planted in a youth group. Um, it was God's timing. Got uh, solidified. Um, it was very good for me um, in terms of you know the various paths that I could have taken. And um, so got married very young and um, basically uh, married, had a couple of kids and stayed, stayed um, pretty um, connected with my family and my church family, which was served as such a huge protection for, you know, two young, you know, people who right. are you know trying to start a family and all right. of that but yeah i i do love this city um as you guys were saying um it has grown i do remember when it was only 800,000 people here oh um, my, i came but yeah, i <laughs> really? remember yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50 yeah. uh,
2: 5,000 5, 5, yeah. or something <laughs> yeah it was
0: 800,000 i remember tropicana was a two-lane road um wow. i could get all the way across wow. town in 20 minutes yeah um I know, you know, there are parts of this town that are very old that are it, just, I don't know. I, I'm finding now that parts of downtown I connect with. I just feel like I have history with it because there's areas where I, I have been as a child. And just it, it, this city does grow on you. And yeah. and mm-hmm. actually being um, and well into my adult years now, I'm more and more in love with this city.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I believe, you know, that God knows where he's planting people and some come and are natives like you guys. And then God brings those of us in that are saying, I'll go where you want me to go. And we're so glad. I know Loretta and I feel exactly the same way. We're so glad that God brought us to Las Vegas. And I, I was making a statement today at the meeting we were at and I was like, you know, I've always prayed that God would put me smack dab in the middle of what he's doing. And so because it's been a faithful prayer of mine, I know that Las Vegas is smack dab in the middle of what he's doing. And we have not touched the surface. He's moving all over this city. Mm -hmm. But I believe that greater things are yet to come. And we get to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And we get to do it together. And it is going to be so amazing. So you, now you're part of the Crosswinds family, and I love the Crosswinds family. So let's talk a little bit about that, whoever wants to talk about that. Well, I'll start because uh,
0: I, I was invited to Crosswinds by a girlfriend who I had invited initially to, um, to church at a previous church, who she was newly getting grounded, and she's like, oh my gosh, you got to come over here, you got to try this, and you got to come early to get a good seat and so I was like okay so we had um, been kind of in transition I needed to find um, a little bit uh, I needed I was in a transitional stage because my children were in youth group and um, I wanted to get them into a solid youth group there's a little bit of a backstory there but I showed up by myself that Sunday and immediately I mean this doesn't happen often to me I knew I was home. Yeah. I mean, that yes. sounds so cliche, yeah. but it no. was exactly the way it happened, that's how and I, does it? yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. it was just immediate peace. Like, oh, I was like, I just took a big sigh and like, I'm home, and that was in uh, March of 2009, and um, ever since I have been just that's that's my home now, and I've never gr- grown more, felt more connected, and actually. Established relationships that have really um, gone deep. That's um, so right. and it's important. and It really kind of gives you uh, give, gave myself a perspective because we had come from a, um, a position of being in um, a church for uh, three generations about three generations, about 30 years' worth of my family. And yeah. so it was a it was a broadening perspective. Right, for, and it's hard yeah.
1: to break out of it something is. like that. I mean, yeah. that's the kind of church I came from, you know, a, a lot of family. And Loretta, you can relate to that mm-hmm. too. And so to do something different from the norm is stepping out. But having that feeling of knowing that you're connected, I think, is so important. And Crosswinds does that really well. Um, they're they're fantastic with relationship number one with God mm-hmm. having a relationship with him that message gets out very clearly and then number two relating with one another and you guys you have always reminded me now I hope I don't cry here, but you know when when uh I found Wendell and Loretta, my husband and I, we had the same thing. We walked in on a Sunday morning. We were told to find them a year before, but it didn't happen because Mike and I had to go on this journey. But when it finally did happen, uh, we didn't know you were there, but we knew we walked into home. And lo and behold, it was Wendell and Loretta who we were told to go to their church a year prior. So we had this wonderful women's group there. Yes, I mean, we you do. guys have met some of them. They are the the most they are the most loving women that I have ever encountered. And so when I think of Crosswinds, Crosswinds carries that same love. And honestly, it's not in every church. church, It's a rare Mm -hmm. gift that you can love the way you do. And yes, we all have... You know, there's little things that come up and little issues, but you love in spite of it. Mm-hmm. And so what Crosswinds did for me is it made me feel like, because when we left the women there, I died. I, I literally died because I had given everything I had to those women. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it, it was just like, you guys felt like a, a safety net for me. And so if, you know, here, here's what I love when we network you know, we all need prayer, we all need covering, we all go through things, and I know that if I got into any kind of trouble, if I really needed some people to surround me in prayer, I know right where to run to. Mm-hmm. And for me, that would be crosswinds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I've, I've shared my heart with Debbie and told her, you know, how much she means to me and how much the church means to me, and I mean that with all my heart. So we have to have those oasis. I'll just call your church, it's an oasis. (laughs) And I'm not the only one in the city that feels like this. Others feel like this, too. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a really cool thing. Do you want to share, uh, Sarah, about your church?
3: Um, Oasis is what it was for me, too. In the the middle of 2012, after I had not been in church for a few years, uh, looking around, I also had left our previous church. Um, I decided because my nephew had invited my son to a youth group and he had started playing for the, the worship team for the youth group and then they asked him to play for the church worship team. I finally decided, well, I should go see my son play and support him. And so I, that's when I started at Crosswinds. This was the summer of 2012. And really what it was for me for the six months leading up to the first women's conference was uh, just a place to rest and begin healing from uh, a lot that I had been through. And so when it came time, uh, I think it was January for that first conference that I was not planning to go to, Except that mm-hmm. someone asked me to be a greeter. Um, I was, I was really ready for what God was about to do in my life at that conference, in that first year in 2013, because uh, the he, you know, the healing had begun, but. <clears throat> There was a lot more in store for me, wasn't I'm so grateful. And and
1: he's not finished yet. No, you know he's you know everything has just begun, and so uh, that's the beauty of us coming together uh, from all these different churches. Uh, One of the subjects that we want to talk about today is marriage, and I'm just sitting here, you know, listening to you two and thinking how interesting this is and how God truly works, because. You were instrumental in getting your sister to the first conference, Sarah, and yet Meredith was the first sister to become a part of the Crosswinds family. Yeah. So I'm just making that little connection here and, and thinking how God works through different things that, you know, I might... Look, and I might think it's one way, but today I see a a clearer picture of what God has done with you two. And that's why I know he's not finished by a long shot that you two have just begun. So you did a workshop at at the conference on marriage. And I know, you know, marriage is a challenging subject, right? Loretta, you've been married 42 years. I've just celebrated 45 There's no perfect marriage. We all struggle with different things at different seasons in our marriage. But the thing is, we're making it. We're on this journey. We're not giving up. We're trusting God. So I want to start with you, Sarah, in sharing a little bit about uh, your marriage and then how that connected with Meredith. Okay.
3: Uh, Well, in 2012, when I ended up at Crosswinds, uh, I was actually living with my husband, but living as roommates. We'd actually separated for four years. Um, and when I went to the conference, and God just uh, just really surprised me and started mm-hmm. wooing me. <laughs> he does that. into this uh, relationship of intimacy. Where he pursued me, and I had felt like I'd never been pursued like that before. Um, I fell in love with Jesus, uh, realized that how much God loved me, and um, but at the time I was really only cons- I was really only interested in that relationship with the Lord. I wasn't sure what was going to happen with my marriage. If anything, I was content to live peaceably as a roommate with my husband. At that time, um, I had uh, our relationship had been very difficult and rocky. That's what led to the separation in the first place. And uh, I just, at the time, saw really no hope of anything ever changing in, in my marriage. And so I kind of um, wasn't really looking for change. I was just thrilled that I was falling in love with Jesus in a new way that I'd never been, and I was experiencing the Lord in a new way. And so when... um, when things began changing, or, or when things started happening a year later,
1: uh, it really surprised me. He was working on your marriage then. Is that is that what you mean? Um,
3: about a year later, right after the second conference I went to, where Meredith, where I got my sister to go.
1: She didn't want to go, ladies. If you're listening, she was hanging back saying, I don't need to go to that. About a year later,
3: uh, I was having coffee with Pastor Debbie. Um, and she just started started speaking hope into me. and believe, I started to believe that maybe possibly there was going to be healing in my relationship, in my marriage. And... Um, I didn't see how it was going to happen. I really didn't see how it was going to happen. But God, in a very supernatural way, um, opened my eyes because my husband had actually started coming to church. And he there has been a conflict from the time that we were married because he was raised Baptist and I was raised Pentecostal. So there would always been conflict.
2: Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> oh, yeah.
3: But he was actually in church with me at the time. And... Uh, but he had his relationship with the Lord and I had my relationship with the Lord. And I really wasn't concerned about him. And so... On March 23rd of 2014, um, God just kind of showed up and surprised me. My husband ended up down at the altar. I didn't find out until later that in a very surrendered state of worship, he began having visions at the altar. And so it began like a five-month period of my husband um having visions and we kind of went into this 5 month honeymoon state of this ideal marriage or relationship that I had always longed for where we were actually praying together every day and spending time with the Lord and worshiping God and
2: you were no longer roommates <laughs>
3: Very shortly after that started happening, yeah. we were no longer roommates. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So God showed up and really surprised me. And um, I guess the besides the visions and everything else, the biggest thing that God did for me is He, He let me see my husband in a new way.
2: Yeah, that's so good. And I think that's the key. That is the key. Yeah, absolutely. We have to. We can't look at him the old faults. We have to look them at through at them through God's eyes. Yes. And God sees them.
1: Right. And that comes through
2: intimacy. And that comes through intimacy. Right.
1: I think it's interesting, too, you know, when we discuss marriages, um, they're not discussed a lot, and I think people have this broad view of the church that everything is perfect, that every marriage is is perfect. perfect, and, you know, you're just living on perfect street. When, in fact, we're just living normal lives. God is the center, yes, but that doesn't mean everything is going to be be. perfect along the way. There's always challenges, and the real, um, the best thing, I feel like, is not giving up. You just can't give up, you know, on your marriage, and I think that brings us into Meredith. Meredith, you had given up on your marriage, and so take it from there. I had given up on my
0: marriage um, after 20 years of idolizing my marriage. And I say that because I truly put Jesus on the backseat. I didn't trust Him. I didn't want to let go. I didn't want to stop trying. I didn't want to stop striving to really make it be what I knew that it could be. And um, full of arrogance and, you know, thinking I had the resources within my reach and my own power, I exhausted myself to the point where I had finally decided, okay, you know what, I'm just going to accept the way that it is and I'm going to find other things in life to, you know, fill my time with. Um, At that point, the 20 year mark of our anniversary that month, my husband said to me, I think our marriage has run its course and it completely deteriorated from 2010 to 2012. I finally decided um, if we're not moving, if we're not growing, then obviously if he feels this way, then I'm not going to wait around any longer. And I separated, and um, he's very um, opposite of me. I'm aggressive. He's very relaxed and patient and doesn't move quickly (laughs) enough for my are you liking exactly. <laughs> right. so after 20 years of striving and trying and trying and trying and reading every book and dragging him to every conference and getting prayer and talking discussions and all through the night um, I was like I'm done you know I'm done and um, then I, I moved out six months later I, nothing had happened I thought you know possibly this could spark some sort of crisis mode in him and it didn't he was, I would describe him, oftentimes refer to him as someone I'm married to. I'm married to a person in a coma. I'm married to a Stepford husband. I'm married to somebody who's not even home.
2: Lights are on, but no one's home. <laughs> Correct.
0: <laughs> and so then uh, six months later, I was like, hey, I I, I want to meet you for coffee. I met him for coffee. and I said, hey, listen, um, I want a divorce. And he goes, okay. And that was even painful. Even after... Letting go and saying, I'm done. That was painful. Okay. You know, um, I think he he was bitter and um, very dead on the inside, um, hurting and stuck.
1: It probably wasn't what he thought a marriage should be either.
0: No, it wasn't. You know, he
1: has a view of marriage. You have a view of marriage and getting those two to meet somewhere yeah. Where you can move forward is a whole different story.
0: Yes, indeed, it was. There was a lot of, we got married really young, a lot, lot of mistakes made, a lot of hurt. We didn't necessarily build our house on a healthy, strong foundation. We fumbled our way through it and we stayed pretty much for our sons. Um, and, um,
2: and a lot of times that doesn't help the sons or the children much. You know? No, it doesn't.
0: Mm-hmm. And and we were really good at uh, hiding. keeping up appearances. Yeah. We were very good at keeping up appearances and people. I had no one to relate to because no one could believe that there was anything wrong with our marriage. Um, we're so. good at
1: hiding and, and putting that mask on mm-hmm. and yeah. not letting people really into where we're really living. It's true. And I think that's where you know we have to get real with who we are in every situation we have to be transparent and real and acknowledge some of these things otherwise we limit god moving in our lives so here's i want to pick up on this i think we we want to go ahead and close this particular podcast out because we are out of time but we are going to air part two of this we're going to pick up where we left off and we'll air this on another date. So there'll be back-to-back podcasts. Um, this is a great subject. Right. So we just really want to thank you for uh, connecting with us today on this podcast. And I think there's some really, the the real good stuff is yet to right. come in the next podcast. So don't miss next week's podcast. Right. And if you have questions, uh, send us an email at glvwministry at gmail.com. And if we can't answer those questions, or if it's a question for Sarah or for Meredith, we'll make sure that they get get that. And then we'll try to answer some of those. So thank you for listening. You have an awesome week, and God bless. God
2: bless.
0: Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast. Our email is firestormpodcast at gmail.com. Please contact us if you have any questions or comments or just want to be a part of the conversation. We will see you next time.
2: The show you've just heard is part of the Streams of Many Waters podcast network.